Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Hashtag Leadership, What's On Your Mind. Remember, we're a podcast to make you stop and think about your leadership journey, and we're going to add value by bringing great people with great stories and experts in their field. So if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel, make sure you follow us on your podcast provider. We are getting very close to our 100th episode, so make sure you um, stay tuned for that coming up very soon. So today we are speaking to David. How are you doing, sir? I'm not too bad, Stuart. How are you? Yeah, fab. Thank you so much for coming on and joining me. Um, I know David through the Institute of Directors. Um, you're in the Liverpool branch. And really kind of positive impact that I've seen from being a member for the last few years and obviously now stepping into the interim chair role. You, you've done a fantastic job from my perspective of being a member and having some great events and also sitting down with some amazing people and talking about their stories as well. So as well as your business, I'm really interested to hear your perspective on some of the people that you've had a chance to speak to. Um, so as I hit the 20-minute timer, we do have a lot to fit in. Um, if you could just introduce yourself for the people who don't know who you are. Okay, so my name is David Wafer. I am the Managing Director of MacIver Scott Recruitment. I'm also, as Stuart's already alluded to, Chair of the Institute of Directors in the Liverpool City region. And I'm involved in two other things. I'm on the advisory board of the LFC Foundation and I'm on the advisory board of Liverpool Chamber for my Fantastic. sins. So that's me. <laughs> Lots I'm of Sagittarius as well, if that helps. <laughs> that, all, all the information, like it, <laughs> lay it out there. <laughs> so we asked people three questions. So before we forget, let's go there. So uh, obviously, hashtag leadership, what's on your mind? What comes to your mind when you hear the word leadership? I think for me, uh, leadership's about setting a, a vision and a, a direction. Often people get confused between leadership and management and that, uh, you know, they are very different things. You know, management is about literally managing the tasks and, and the things to get done, whereas leadership is about creating that vision and uh, taking people along with you. If you want to get things done, then you need to, to lead the way. And hopefully that, in my, in my mind, that should always be by example. Yeah, fantastic. Awesome. So staying with you personally, we've yeah. asked people, where do you think your leadership journey started? So whether it's on reflection, now that you're sat here being asked about it, or yeah. there was a light bulb moment at the time and you sat down there, right, this is where it starts and you were very conscious of it. So how far back are we going? Well, I'd probably say we're, um, we're probably looking, well, maybe 25 years ago. I, I know what you think is, Stuart, I don't look old enough, but uh, I, I did the surprise face out. there for you. Just <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, well done for feigning that. Um, <laughs> I think that for, for me, um, in, a, in a strange way, a, a lot of the first kind of thoughts around leadership uh, and management because they, they, they do intertwine we're really through observing uh, colleagues and managers that I had that in truth weren't very good and that I think that you can actually learn an awful lot from people who um, who don't naturally have those skills and that I think if I, I, I think back to then I think a lot of the time I'd be observing things which I'd be thinking, oh, you know, that doesn't really sit particularly well with me. And I'd see the knock-on impact that that would have on people. Um, and, you know, I, I can remember one, um, you know, leader in the business 
that we used to comically nickname paraffin because any time there was a diff difficult situation to deal with, they'd just go and make it much worse and it kind of blow up as a result. Um, so I, I think for me, that journey, you know, it's, it's not very profound in that sense, but probably started when looking at things that I thought, well, I wouldn't handle it that way. And how would I handle it? And then once that kind of starts in your mind, then I think that the, the journey becomes a natural progression. Yeah, you know I like that. And, and I would say that from all these episodes, obviously coming up to 100, that the majority of people quote the fact that they've seen it done badly or in their yeah. mind, not very well, is yeah. the reason why they're really good at leadership right now. Um, their self-awareness to actually see and identify the impact that has had. Um, and that surprises me a little bit because you would think that somebody who is in a really good leadership who's smashing the sort of leadership bubble title, if you like, that they'd had a, a privileged upbringing on great leadership around them. So it, it's, it's good that you've, you've sort of identified that again, really, in your story. So yeah. um, talking about impact of leadership, we always ask people um, or we've asked people recently about is there somebody or something that has had that real big impact on your leadership journey as you sit here now and um, whether it's positive or negative i think it'd be difficult to tie down one particular person i think for me um I, i've often uh, felt that i've developed and achieved most by people who gave me space to lead and i i think that at the time, I didn't necessarily fully appreciate that. I kind of thought, well, look, they allow me to crack on and get on with the, the you know, the, the culture that I want to create, whether it be in a part of the business that I run or whether it be in an actual individual business unit that, that, that I run. And I think that what only when you then work with somebody who's the complete polar opposite and doesn't want to give you the space and is the equivalent you know of a micromanager that you actually then appreciate them retrospectively mm -hmm. and so i think that you know when I, I speak to an awful lot of people um obviously in, in in recruitment one of the things that comes up time and time again is that they have all of the responsibility but they don't have the autonomy so i think that for me um it's those that have given me the autonomy to actually lead in the in the the past that have actually helped me to blossom which is probably why i work for myself now yeah <laughs> yeah do you know what quite a few times i love that by the way about just calling it giving you space because how often do we hear like don't overcomplicate things how simplistic is that as advice and guidance for people listening that want to level up their leadership and just give people space and that little bit of autonomy how powerful that can be Totally. And I think that, you know, there's, there's a view that you can either allow people the space to step up or you can smother them and kind of force them down a step. And that uh, a lot of the time then people don't grow and people don't, you know, get comfortable in their own skin and learn through some of the mistakes. Yes, you want somebody to be able to bounce off. Yes, you want somebody to be able to um, ask for advice. Um, you know, because nobody, nobody knows at all. And it's a very dangerous pattern if people start to feel that they do. Um, but you also need that uh, encouragement and a kind of a sage person to, which I was lucky enough over the years 
you know, to have two or three people to go and have a conversation with as and when I needed. But it was very much on that basis. It wasn't yeah. a case of, you know, you were being forced into a particular um, style. Yeah. Awesome. So I alluded to in my introduction the fact of with you having the um, IOD and Liverpool branch and from my yeah. time, spending time at some of your events, it was really quite interesting to see the amount of great people in the room and the great people being interviewed. From your part, I really want to ask you, sort of, what have you gained from spending time in these amazing rooms with amazing people? Um, obviously, I love storytelling. I, I've learned a lot from having the podcast and having amazing people come on and talk about their story. What some of the things have you picked up over the time that you've... Um, we were talking just before we jumped on about your network is your net worth, like the amount of people that you spend time with. What have you gained moving forwards now with the people, whether you name them specifically or whether yeah. you generalize, where would you go with that? I think for me, I, I've been, you know, and you, you mentioned that they're exceptionally lucky in that we've had some, some great speakers and some fabulous people that are, I've interviewed and really he hearing their business and career stories and one of the things that I've tried to do as well is to understand where their journey has started. So a lot of the time, what we know about the careers relatively is out there. Yes, we're going to delve into it. But I've wanted to understand, for example, when we sat down at Metro Mayor Steve Rotherham, that, you know, it's fairly commonly known he comes from a working class background, but he lived in an area of Kirby, which is a relatively deprived area. He was one of eight kids. Um, and understanding some of the challenges that that brought and, you know, how he's developed his career over time is a fascinating thing to learn. And then we've got people like Nisha Katona, who was a barrister to, to, to a, a restaurateur and understanding that, you know, her family, um, you know, thought she was mad when she packed it being a barrister to set up some restaurants. And, uh, you know, really seeing how those skills have been, you know, adaptable and that have, have been able to change it. You know, I obviously see that on the recruitment front, but, you know, a lot of clients will be blinkered in that, well, you know, somebody can't just change from, from one thing to another. Well, really, if you look at the skills, what it shows you is that lots of people can do if they're given the opportunity. And that if I think of, I think one of the, probably one of the speakers that uh, grabbed certainly uh, most of my attention and probably because of the profile of their network was Peter Moore, who was the former chief exec of Liverpool Football Club. Um, he previously worked for Bill Gates and Steve Barmer. He launched the Xbox 360. And, you know, I, I asked him about sliding doors moments in his career, things that had maybe happened and, um, you know, if he'd taken one decision or another, where might it have led? And he, he talked about uh, when the Xbox 360 launched, the, um, uh, they had a, what they called a, a, a red ring of death um, where the hardware failed on them. And uh, they, they made a decision to uh, recall every single one. And he said that the FedEx charge for them worldwide was was over a billion pounds 
Um, and, you know, you kind of, it puts into perspective the scale in which obviously he was working. And, you know, he went on to tell us about if he hadn't have made that decision, you know, the industry and the gaming industry now is phenomenal, you know, in terms of its size and scale. Um, and that if they wouldn't have made that decision, the reality is that device wouldn't exist. It had just, it would have, uh, would have died, you know, and um, wouldn't have, wouldn't have really made a, a success of it as the future. So, you know, they could have taken it one way or another. Um, so, you know, they're just some of the people, you know, Gerald Ratner's story, which is well documented about um, his, his famous quotes actually at an IOD dinner in London when he joked and he was joking about the quality of his jewellery, um, you know, and it, it cost him his, his business empire and his job that he built up a, a worldwide network. So, you know, there's been some fabulous people that there's nuggets and gems that you pick up along the way as well as it's a complete privilege to sit down with them and understand their story. You know, one of the, the more recent ones, the back end of last year, I sat down with Steve Morgan, um, who is a, a very unassuming, down-to-earth um, individual who, you know, started Redrow and grew it from scratch to a, a £2 billion plus company. Um, but I think what is fabulous about it is that he's donated over 300 million pounds to charity um you know um, um what a what a story uh you know that that is um you know recently donated 50 million pounds to diabetes research you know that the just the the inspirational aspect of people being down to earth and talking to them about things that they maybe struggle with as well as things they achieved it just you can hear a penny drop in the room but also um it does it fires you up and inspires you to think this is possible yeah and again let me just i'm gonna dig a little deeper on one thing that you've said a couple of times that it comes up with what i'm doing as well some people say how have you got some of the people on lots of different levels of success and i say well i, I just ask nicely <laughs> and they're just people like sometimes yeah. you, they can be i'm gonna sound product of, the, of their success probably not the right thing but but they it's really nice to actually just ask questions and people are quite open to answer and offer their story and offer their advice and guidance in the right time um but what would your perspective on all these people we're just all human beings aren't we we're all just wanting to share and help each other along it's totally. I think that, um, you know, despite all the success of all the numerous people that I've spoken to, uh, there is also at the core a, a human um, side uh, to them. And, uh, I, you know, I, I won't name them, but there's been some speakers, ones I haven't mentioned there, um, where there has been a, a kind of fragility and a human fragility um, in terms of, asking you know okay what will they cover and lots of the doubts and fears that we all would have and I think when I first started doing it a number of years ago I kind of was initially a little bit surprised I was like oh right okay look at them with all their success and with the 
you know, uh, huge uh, profile and what a career they've had, but they're still asking all the questions that that we naturally feel. And I can remember one in particular, you know, uh, asking me, oh, did that go okay? You know, are you sure? How do you think that was well received? And I'm thinking, (laughs) well, you know, the, the, they weren't clamoring for, you know, attention or for, oh, you know, ego boost. Mm. I think that they genuinely, you know, were wondering, okay, w- w- was that okay? Did, yeah, did, yeah. did did it not let you down? And I'm thinking, yeah. wow, you know, <laughs> the, I still have people, that particular speaker, I still have people come up to me now and say, wow, you know, that was... Uh, that was such a journey because yeah. in actual fact, you know, it really was a roller coaster where, you know, they actually ended up uh, crying on a couple of occasions and were very raw about the yeah. part of their story. And I felt really privileged to be part of that. I was like, wow, you know, I'm sitting here talking about this. So yeah. I think that sharing people's journeys is a, is a privilege. Yeah. So, We've got under five minutes left. I want to tell, ask you how important leadership is right now in recruitment. Okay. So I think, I mean, the two sides of it, leadership uh, has never been more important because um, sadly on a, a national level, many would say that we're, we're struggling from a, a lack of leadership and that the standards of leadership in, in public life um, I've certainly taken a battering in, in, in recent times. So we need people to, to, to set a vision, to be a, a beacon of hope and light, uh, to help us um, in that journey. And I think that how that then fits in uh, with, within recruitment directly and the challenges that the businesses are facing. Businesses I've never found it never found it harder to recruit for, for two reasons. One, because the world of work has changed with hybrid working and so on. You know, if people can walk the dog and pick the kids up from school, then um, they don't really feel the same need. Um, you know, to to uh, to have that impact and get into the office and so on. And also, as a result, they they then don't want to move in the same kind of numbers because lots of the frustrations are not the same. Because a lot of the time, you know, we're talking about leadership. A lot of the time, we leave roles because of either a lack of leadership or poor management. So, because of those two things, um, if you're only in the office two days a week that some of those things aren't quite as pressing because you're not having to see it and experience it uh, every day. So there's that side of it to consider as well as you then got to, you know, factor in that, okay, if there's not the right leadership to attract people in the first place, then your business will suffer, you know, through a lack of efficiency, a lack of productivity, and ultimately a lack of profitability because you won't have the right people who make a huge difference in your business. Yeah, uh, it's so true, isn't it? We were almost watching this. I, I talked about a, a leadership shift. Like there was a little bit of a lag, as I called it, still back to one of the episode we talked about, back to the industrial revolution of leadership. Um, there is still people displaying some of those traits, and it's a real shift in the last two years. Um, what do you feel that the future of good leadership is going to look like 
in the modern in the, in I call it the new norm now. But that shift, like we are moving quite quickly, aren't we? But in your perspective, what does that look like in the future? Well, I think you know we, we touched upon earlier about you know emotional intelligence and that those businesses and leaders that don't have that um, will will you know will really risk being left behind. We all know at the really senior end of businesses, kind of narcissistic tendencies um, and traits, um, you know, do play a part, um, you know, in, in, in lots of, of leaders. And that unless that is balanced um, and also the effort is made from those individuals to evolve and um, that, yes, the drive, the tenacity uh, has helped them get there. But unless they embrace the people and the emotional in, in intelligence to actually keep their business on track, they're really going to face challenges in terms of, of retention and as it will be harder than ever to, to recruit those people. Um, then that will start to see a demise of, of their, their business and ultimately their success and, and their leadership. And I think that once people then get find, found out as such, then the trust ebbs away, and that is very difficult to um, you know to 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 maintain you know performance in in any way. Yeah, I love that. A great way to in in a positive way finish the podcast. That's twenty minutes. Um, yeah, like you say, Time that's flies. a real thing that we're looking at. It's a big investment in people to to push that retention. Um, it's I think it's the first time and the biggest time ever where people are really looking at investing in the people, um, which is fantastic. Um, a real shift forward in that journey. So David, thank you so much for your story well, and your um, insights. So um, as ever, ladies and gents, make sure you reach out, tell us what your takeaways were. Every episode is really interesting to hear what people have got from that. Everybody takes something different and that's okay. Um, remember every Wednesday at 6 a.m. we've got amazing guests coming up, that 100th episode is on its way so make sure you subscribe to the youtube channel make sure you follow us on the podcast provider and i'm really excited to bring that to you and also continue on from that it's not the end <laughs> so david thank you for your time again thanks Stuart. and ladies and gentlemen i'll see you again next week 6 a.m wednesday morning take care bye